Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva. And this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're going to be uh, talking about what a recreational property really is from the guys who are just out there looking at their land. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Plum Investment Group. We haven't talked about them in a while. So do you have a property you need funding for? <laughs> Plum Investment Group is your solution. Plum helps land investors grow their business by funding your raw land deal. It's truly an awesome deal, guys. And just to be clear, it's not a loan. Plum will actually partner with you by putting up the money for your project. So do yourself a favor. Go check them out. The website's www.pluminvestmentgroup.com. Hey. What's up? Recreational property. I feel like it's a good time to talk about it because as far as I know, we're the only ones that in the podcast sphere that get out and look at the property. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, maybe. I think there's a few that might. In the podcast sphere? Po- podcast sphere, yeah. You think so? Yeah. I can yeah. think of some that don't. I can think of a lot <laughs> that don't. I can think of some that do, though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's it's cool. I had an interesting phone call with this gentleman yes, uh, yesterday. He called me off a letter, but I don't think he knew that he called me off the letter because he called Pat Live first and they gave me his number. And then so I called him back and left a message and then he called me back and he went on and on and on about some deals that he'd done. And it was really interesting to me because this guy had stories and he knew everybody's names and like it was just, it was surreal to me because I, I felt like I was talking to future Justin. So this is what it felt like. And so he was telling me about his first land deal. Wait, this, just to be clear to everyone listening, this is Justin's version of guacamole on pizza. Yes. Yeah. And this guy, he's a, he's very successful. He had three public companies that he's taken public, sold them, made bukus of money. But, you know, he was a 73-year-old guy that was uh, just kind of made his way, and he always went back to land. And so I mailed him a letter on some property he had, and he called me back from that. And so his claim to fame, which he told me about, and I can bring it up, it's not anything that's not public— he was the guy that started the firewood movement at the 7-Eleven. So him and another guy, him and his brother actually went up to, they bought some property. They bought an apartment complex right next to DFW Airport while it was being built. And when it was completed, the roof was leaking real bad. It was a flat roof and he put a pitch roof on it. So he started going in and buying old flat roof apartments, putting pitch roofs on it. Well, he he had the opportunity to buy like 8,500 acres in the Wachita National Forest or near it. And he traded an apartment complex for 85, 8,800 acres up there. And when he drove up there, he didn't know anything about buying land. He just knew that he had 88,000 plus acres and he was going to be rich. And he had to build a road. So what he did is the road they built couldn't get 18 wheelers in it. So he started having what they call timber poachers, people that go on this middle of the night side of the road, cut timber that they're not supposed to cut, take it to the mill. He had them and he said, hey, just cut the timber along this line and make me a road. And so they would go sell the timber, and he would give them the okay to do that. So he had his road up there. He cleared off a bunch of other, but they took that firewood and made it firewood off the the small wood, made it firewood, bundled it up, and took it to a 7-Eleven. They brought two and a half tons of wood down like a week before Thanksgiving in like 1971, and it snowed on Thanksgiving Day. They were selling them for $3.99 a bundle, so small amount of wood, and only his cost was labor. And so they sold out in like three days. And that blew up into them providing all of the timber 
for every 7-Eleven in the country. They took the public, the company public in 75. They sold it, and he made uh, 20-something million dollars. In the 70s? That he made <laughs> in that? the so, 70s. Yeah, so that's a lot, ton of money back then. So now he's in oil and gas, and he's in you know real estate. He would bought a bunch of houses that were on Air Force bases, chopped them up, moved them, and put them in places that he had land that he'd already bought and turned them into developments. So, I mean, just a really cool guy. We talked on the phone for about two hours. Like, I had so much other stuff I needed to do, but I couldn't stop listening to his story. That's because he wouldn't give you a chance to say goodbye, right? He just kept talking. He he did. So, when he first told me the first, he went through it all once, and it was like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. You know, I'm like, man, thanks for calling me back. You know, I feel like I listen to you. He goes, he goes, so where are you at? And I'm like, wait, he's already asked me that. And I go, I'm in Fort Worth. He goes, you know where Dallas is? You know anything about Dallas? <laughs> yes, sir, I do. And so he asked me that question seven times. And every time he asked me that, it was the start of the story again. And But every time he told the story again, there would be like an extra detail or a different person's name added in with a little bit more technicolor. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't, I think I, I got other stuff I should be doing, but I want to keep listening to this because it keeps getting better and better and better and better. And I just, I, I gleaned so much information off this. I mean, guacamole on pizza is one thing. That is one nugget of wisdom that we got to take away from that guy. This guy, you know, the things that he does, how he buys, he could tell me he buys a lot of stuff from state banks and then redoes the notes and then takes the oil, the uh, mineral rights, and then d- he has the ability to drill shallow wells, comes in, he works them over with a workover rig. So a ton of different ways. But one of the things he talked to me about was how to make money five ways on your properties. And that was like one of his things is that, you know, you buy land certain ways, you can t- make money off of it multiple different ways. One of his things was owner finance. Hey, you can pay me cash, but I- I'll hold the note and I'll-, I'll give you a good interest rate, you know, things like that. And mineral rights, the overrides, the-, the way that he does the wells, buying pipeline production or whatever. So just tons of information and tidbits and stuff. My mind was spinning after this call. I mean, guacamole on pizza, I would have shut it down quick because I don't, I don't eat guacamole. But yeah, you couldn't have shut that guy down. Yeah, but it was just, it was cool to me to see this because, like I said, it felt like I was talking to future Justin, mm, crazy old Justin, crazy old Justin. One day, that's what I. He <laughs> told me about when he met his wife. Told me about his first car. So I mean, hey, I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Let's well, show me what we experienced and saw. Okay. That's what the show was yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, the right? show is about <laughs> recreational land, and that it kind of plays into that. You know, a lot of times we say, oh, it's recreational land. You know, there's only one way to skin a cat, but there's really not. Yeah. Well, this all came to me because we sell this idea by the Bass Boat property, but... Yeah. And I we have a picture in our mind what that is. Yeah. For me, one of the first questions I had, because I'm not, I'm not a hunter. Uh-huh. And, and that's one aspect of Bass Boat is hunting property. It's not all, the only one, but it's one is... We're going to look at these, and I'm thinking to myself... Who drives four miles down a dirt road that's barely drivable to begin with? And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, oh, yeah, these roads are perfect. And in my head, I'm going, really? Because <laughs> I don't get it. And then, then you explain, you know, like, well, a hunter wants as far off as they could get with less less people coming down there as they can get. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about that. If we four miles down a road that is, you know, a lot of times we'll say, is it maintained? You know, especially with plum, that's a lot of people are like, oh, it's maintained. Well, there is a main, there's a, in certain areas, the road expectations are different. So with the, and when I'm saying that, and I, and I'm trying to try to figure out how to articulate this in a way, like in Southeast Oklahoma is a bunch of oil and gas. There's a bunch of old timber roads, oil and gas roads. That's a deeded easement that says, hey, the person, when they subdivide it, is right to ingress, egress. So you have legal access, and the physical piece is this old oil and gas road that's kept up. It's driven down probably once a day. The guy goes and checks all his wells. So the idea behind that is they'll chain those, they'll lock those gates up. The owners can have a key to it, but it keeps kind of the riffraff and the kids from going back there and playing. 
But yeah, like you said, going four miles back, you're into the woods. Now the pressure on the animals is off. So you're going to get a better quality deer. You're going to see more wildlife. You put a feeder out there. Now they have a place that's got no pressure and food to go to and you do pretty well. Yeah, the properties matched exactly what we tell you to look for. We're, we're getting at a good price. They're selling in the price range that we want. Mm-hmm. They're very recreational. I've just never personally set eyes on them after driving down a road that, like that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm telling you on the trip, you know, in my head, I'm, I'm wanting a nice either paved or very nice maintained dirt road to get to it. Yeah. And some of these, two miles back, that's what you got. And then all of a sudden... There's divots, <laughs> yeah. rocks, floods, you name it. Yeah. And that's the, uh, I, I guess in my head when we were, we, there was a moment that we were driving by and I'm like, well, what did you think we were like going to buy? And you're like, well, that right there. And it was, you know, dirt road that had been cut and it's kept cut by the county and has like a big gate and then fence around it. And it was like meadow and tree mix, but you kind of see the house off. You're like, yeah, kind of like that with no house. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's like a really nice piece of property. That's like really improved. And I, and I, that's because that's what I, I would have been shopping for. Yeah. And that's a hard part to take yourself out of it because not what I would be wanting. It's yeah. what, what does the market want? Yeah. And that's, and that's the, I think that's where a lot of people get wrong in the pricing. Cause we say, you know, you want to shop recreational property. And then we say, go look at the, as you're going through looking at your comps, you're going to look at the pictures and it's going to tell you a lot of what you want to know because they typically put the best picture as the thumbnail, right? So you see, oh, this property is you know $2,000 an acre, and it's cleared out. You can see meadow. You see trees, but it's really clear underneath, and you probably see a bob wire fence. You're like, well, they're probably running cattle on it. So it's got a little bit more of a value than it would be if it's just thicket. Yeah. I even said it makes me, like, you know, obviously I bought a lot of property never looking at it. Mm-hmm. I think I even said it makes me more nervous to go look at it after seeing that. <laughs> That's. I remember driving to Brewster and getting sick feeling as we were coming into it, but then coming out of Alpine and going down the hills on this really nice Alpine on that, on that road, uh, the highway there that comes at Alpine, runs into Terralingua, and seeing the mountains, the Chismosis Mountains. I mean, that to me, is like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. Yeah, I still it, wouldn't let my kids play <laughs> in Brewster County by themselves at six. It could be two different levels, right? We were looking at properties that we're buying for 50000 Yeah. You know, that's the big difference between that and a $5,000. Yeah. But also brings in the other type of recreational property because mm-hmm. we saw this Awesome. I don't know how big the parcel was, but let's just call it a 40 because everything else out there seemed to be a 40. It was 20 or 40. With a brand new metal shed house. Yeah. With a patio overlooking the mountains. It was probably the best view of anything out there. It was, It was. yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that was, a, that was a prime example of who you sell that this property to and what they do with it. Yeah. And we should have gotten a picture, but it was a... We'll call it a 40 mm-hmm. on the side of a mountain. At that point, there was really good access to it. Yeah. The home was on stilts. It was probably a one bedroom or just kind of like studio setup where the bedroom's in the living room area. Yeah. So what I want you to picture is a metal storage building that goes in like a, a backyard or, you know, I don't call it a barn, but a metal storage building that they finished out and made a cabin. But since it's on the side of a mountain and it's not perfectly level there, and it's probably pretty rocky. We don't know for a fact. We didn't go out and do a soil test, but... The assumption is it's probably pretty rocky. So what they did, they put it on piers or stilts, if you will. And they custom made it, made the house level, put a big deck on it, had a picnic table up on the deck. And I'm like, see, that's exactly what I think about when I think about one of these mountain properties. And I think about what my my family comes out there on the weekends. We get out there Friday night. You know, we say, be two and a half, three hours from your house. You can drive from, you know, Fort Worth up there in two and a half hours. Kids get out of school at three, you load them up. You're there at 5.30, 6 o'clock. You got everything opened up. You start cooking on the campfire. And now you're sitting out there watching the sunset over the mountains. Yeah. It was that perfect property where you sit out 
on that back cabin on the mm-hmm. stilts, overlook the mountains and the fog rolling in and have your coffee or something. Yeah, beautiful. That's the dream. We talk about selling the dream, and that's it. And that whole thing was probably had for price of the property plus that building. They were probably all in under 70. Oh, I... If they bought the land for forty five, fifty, and yeah, so like let's let's go because we actually look at a property right next to it, which we could do. We could do the same thing to it. There's going to be a little bit of clearing, I'd say. You know, and you could probably do that yourself if you wanted to. If it wasn't, if like you were going to buy this property and you didn't buy it retail, but the way we buy it, I think this property we're in it for. I think our offer on it was seventeen five. That building was probably. We have quotes up in that area by somebody that'll build it for us out of wood for eighty five hundred bucks turnkey. But let's let's say that they had that delivered. And they put electricity in it and did some up. So they're probably in it for say fifteen. So the way we buy, you'd be in this dream property for thirty two thousand bucks. Yeah, the way we buy, I'm talking yeah. about that. Yeah. So them, add though. so add another twenty thousand, fifty five, sixty thousand bucks. Low end, right? Low end, yeah. yeah. If you don't double or triple your money, you could sixty to yeah ninety. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. No, that was great. That that was a really good one to see because given that view, I think it kind of would have been a no brainer to throw a thing on it. Yeah, a, a cabin on it. That's just the other part of recreational property because it also could have never had a cabin on it uh-huh. and it could have been a good hunting property. Yeah. The, the one thing for me that I'm really starting to dig and I'm starting to see, and we talk about this, uh, we talk about the recreational piece, but I think a lot of people forget is the sprinter van or the RV or the camper. I mean, an RV or camper, we saw it on the property next to it. They had two of them. Mm-hmm. So you could have backed right in, just had enough spot to park straight. You could have backed right in, hung out there and had the same view. You just put your picnic table out. Yeah. Yeah, you've talked about that life, I or that experience. Yeah, I don't know about that life. Huh? That was a time where I thought that'd be cool. Now, I just I don't I, know. I, maybe maybe we're shifting roles in our life or something because like that's like been on my mind. Like I, I think if anything were to happen and I had to just like I just decided to kind of fade to black, it's gonna be me and a being maybe the kids and the wife. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> maybe <laughs> hopefully them. Um, often just enjoying that life, just a little bit quieter and kind of running through that, but. You know, I, 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 when you say what is recreational property, and I always love to answer, it's like, well, the stuff that you go do recreations on, and they're like, well, yeah, obviously, but you know, like you, you hit it, you, you go spend time outside, mm-hmm. you, you kind of, I don't want to say you get one in nature because that sounds kind of hippy dippy, but you know, that's really what you're doing. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to be one with nature. You're, you're hunting. You're fishing. You're, you know, you're riding your UTV. You're riding your four wheeler. You're getting out of the rat race and the concrete jungle that is our everyday life in these cities and ex- an experience in the steam rolling in the sun setting, the, the, the rain on a metal roof or the rain on the tent, whatever that is, you're experiencing all that. Yeah. And then the only thing that only other thing that stood out to me, which I have a gaining interest in is the last property, the 80 acre we went and looked at had a ton of really tall, good looking trees. I thought immediately was <laughs> timber timber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was 80 acres. So it was plenty of tall, good looking trees. And yeah, and then kind of looking at how much people are getting for timber and how many timber trucks are running around town. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've been I've been interested in timber for a while. I just haven't been patient enough not to sell the property. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that one, if we end up with it, just have them come down. Just look at it. Have a timber cruise done on it? Just, just a, it doesn't hurt to have someone come by and say, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll do it. It's going to be worth this much money to you. I, I agree with you. I, I'm not disagreeing here. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I agree. I agree. If I'm using your money, I'll just sit on it all day. I'll I'll, I'll let them wait two three. Well, that, I guess that's what I don't know. Is that a long is that a long term play? You don't just say, "Hey, come on, give me a look at it," and mm-hmm. they say, "Oh yeah, it's worth a thousand bucks a tree," and you got two hundred of them. 
and you say, okay, sign, and they show up the next day, or do they have a year or two years worth of due diligence? So I, I believe everything is a little bit different because I don't I don't call it due diligence because it is a commodity. So they may look and say, okay, hey, we're at a high market right now, so we want to cut it and get it to timber. There could be a premium on the type of wood that we have that they're getting from the mill at that point because they need X amount of this type of wood. Um, we have a, a listener, Colin Case, he's, his family is in the timber business, and you know we've we've talked about it back and forth, and there's there's more to it than just saying, hey, yeah, I want to cut my timber. You know, you may have pulp wood, and they're they're at a surplus of pulp wood right now. And they're like, hey, we're not touching it, but we we'll cut it, but it'll be a little while. Um, in different regions, the timber the timber demand is going to be different. Um, so that's like the closeness to the mill. There's a ton of different things that come in there, and that's why it's good to have a professional in that area that you can work with. But I I, I do agree that yeah, it's if you're going to hold it for a little bit, you know, I have seen timber rights reserved on properties for two and three years, especially in that area too, where they'll say, Hey, we have from December 1st of 2020 until December 1st of 2023 to cut this. And if you sold it during that time, you sell it knowing that those, the timber's reserved. Well, maybe we have Collins come on and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that about sums it up. I mean, everyone, I think everyone kind of knows what a recreational property was. But once you really set eyes on it, yeah. you kind of get a feel for everything that can be done. It really opens up uh, some doors on what to do. Yep. Sounds good. Hi right, guys. Well, that's Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, as always, go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube's growing. I like seeing that. So uh, go check it out. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Then uh, Facebook, Instagram. Leave us a review. Like us. Subscribe to us. All that good jazz. And uh, we'll see you Friday. Bye, guys. <laughs>